Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. This episode, we're actually recording on Zoom. So if you're tuning into this podcast, you could head over to YouTube and watch it because there's going to be some amazing things you're going to want to see during this episode. Today's episode is about the nakeds, <laughs> not the naked people, but Sphinx cats. And joining us is Emily McCatherine. She has Prairie Creek cats, and they're based in Wichita, Kansas. Now, Emily was actually referred to me by a mutual friend of ours. I, I told this friend that I, I really wanted to interview somebody about Sphinx cats, and I wanted the most reputable breeder they could think of. So they referred Emily to us. Emily's been breeding sphinxes for seven years, and she's going to tell us all those things we've always wanted to know about the naked cats tonight. So welcome to Cat Talk Radio, Emily. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me and the babies on. Absolutely. And so, you know, obviously they're called nakeds because they have no fur, right? <laughs> now Correct. show us one. Show, show us one. Go ahead. Show us one. Well, what do you have? We there? have a we have pretty special delivery oh today. My gosh, look at that. It looks like a little rat. <laughs> I know. Oh my oh gosh, how old is he or she? She, this is Sasha, and she is about five weeks old. So just not very big, but they're just eyes, the ears, everything open right now. And we're eating. We just started eating real food. You know, know she's got a full belly on her. I know all systems go right now. And we're starting on litter box training this week. So, oh, wow. Oh, she's adorable. And then she has her brother. And Sammy. Oh, look how cute Sasha and Sammy. You know, one of the things I've noticed about them is how clearly the skin pigmentation is what makes hair color. Is that right? So if they had hair, they would have white snouts and then some color. Correct. If they had hair, if if your if your cat, if your haired cat had no hair, this is what they would be. If they had pattern. You know, he would be a gray and white cat. Oh, he would wow. be what your gray and white would be, or maybe like a lilac color almost. Yeah. And she would be a bicolor with the little mask. Uh-huh. And, you know, she started out all pink, and then she started getting her little, her little dark spot. They call them the little ghost color. But she's a thermal. They're both thermals. They started pink and then they started getting a little darker, as I always say, as they age. But they won't get too, I mean, they don't get too dark. So, yes, if yeah. they had hair, that's what they would be white and gray. Now, are they like they don't have eyelashes or whiskers? Do they have whiskers? No, they don't. They have. So, in the Sphinx breed, actually, they are allowed to have. Um, they are allowed in the actual show ring confirmation wise to have a little bit of fuzz on their nose. 
Oh, so cute. They can have a little bit of hair on the tips of their ears, a little, um, maybe even just a small amount on their tails. You see, these guys don't are just aren't going to have any because their mom is very, she's very soft. But I mean, you can't see it on, on the computer, but they, um, they're completely hairless. I know it's hard to believe, wow. but a sphinx isn't an actual hairless. Um, there's a few hairless breeds. There's the sphinx. That's the most notable one. Um, I know. But there's also the Don Sequoia. And the Don Sequoia is more of a sticky feel. Mm. And they are, they are like a, a true, there is no hair. A sphinx can have hair, and at any point in time, they can grow it, and it can oh. fall. They just don't carry it. They don't have the gene to hold it, oh, I tell people. So at any time, any time, I tell my, my families, at any time, your baby might grow a sweater, and then it will lose it. Oh, that is <laughs> so interesting. I've never heard of that before. Now, yes. are there are there ears really bigger than other breeds of cats or is it just because they have no hair it looks that way <laughs> i think that and, and that is one of the breed characteristics is that you know the bigger ears let me grab let me grab a big sister here um the bigger oh, ear set <laughs> the bigger ear set um the big wide ears She's not gonna put her ears up for me. Um, She's like, no, we're on, we're on TV. I don't want to. Watch I know. <laughs> and then, because it's a little history on the Sphinx. Everybody thinks they came from. Or if you're, can you take one of these babies? Can you take these babies or put them in a little basket for me, honey, or in a bed or something? Yeah. Um, babies are hard to hold and things like. I know. Well, I have I have my little teenage group up here running around too, and they get a little harder. Um, yeah, I'll put them back with mama. So a little background on Sphinx. Everything's, oh, they're the, the Egyptian cats and they started in Egypt and they didn't. They started in the 1960s from a cat, a Devon Rex. A Devon Rex. Oh. Called a Devon Rex. And the Devon Rex is a curly haired curly coated cat that as a baby like this one they go through their kitten molt and they'll lose their hair so they have the recessive coat gene oh. in the 1960s up in Canada there was a litter that had a completely hairless or a naked baby and they thought oh it's just you know it's going to grow a coat it didn't grow a coat and that's when some feline geneticists started to look into why. And that's when they found the recessive gene that made the Sphinx. And a group of breeders started working with it. And wow. so they come, uh, you'll see them, they start to get the characteristics. They get the beautiful. He is very pretty, very, from a very beautiful breeder. Um, the round ear set, the. Nice cheekbones. They have really high cheekbones and little, little, little profile, little pretty yeah. profile. Very playful personalities, very similar in that. 
Now, Forever kitten. Now, will her kittens be nakeds or will they have some fur? Or could they be both in the same litter? So she's a full Devon Rex. Mm-hmm. And I will breed her to a full another full Devon Rex to have the full curly coat. We will breed for the, the, the beautiful curly coat on her. Okay. And how so, many litters do you have a year? Depends on my mamas. I... And, you know, I, I have, I have three or four mommies. So if, if they have one that, you know, if I have one that starts at the beginning of the year, they could have a second litter at the end of the year. So on average, we'll have three to four litters a year. So not very many, but possibly it's, it still keeps a busy house. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a lot of cats any way you look at it. But that's medical, you know, you you want to, as an adopter, you know, we know that a, that a kitten's sensitive development period is between three and seven weeks of age. So you want to make sure that those kittens are getting handled adequately, mm-hmm. have exposure to other adult cats and other kittens and all kinds of activity, as much activity as you can possibly throw at them. And of course, if you had 15 litters, it'd be absolutely impossible <laughs> to provide that level of exposure and enrichment to that many cats. So that, that sounds like a manageable number. Yes. And we keep all of our kittens until they're 16 weeks old. So, um, and usually most of my moms will stay with their litter until they're 16 weeks. And even though they're not producing milk, they'll still comfort nurse. And they still do a lot of their own teaching and training on their kittens. And I leave the moms with them as long as they're comfortable. And, um, you know, if they want to socialize, if they want to socialize with the house and it's safe for them to do so, we allow our kittens to. Um, And I mean, we're always carrying it. I feel like we're always carrying a kitten around. There's always a kitten tucked in somewhere. Right. I mean, now, now that looks like it would be a flame point. Would he be a flame point if he had? This is the full sibling to those babies I just had. The one, and she's a bicolor. Okay. She's a lilac and white bicolor. So she has blue eyes. Does she have blue eyes? She does have blue eyes. She's beautiful. Now, a friend of mine, I've only actually gotten to hold and touch Sphinx cats once. A friend of mine had a a pair and uh, and I went over to his house and I was like, yes, I I absolutely see him. And I was wearing a black shirt like I'm usually wearing a black shirt. And I picked up the cat and I was snuggling it. And I was just like fascinated by how it felt. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. it, it. it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like our skin at all. It has a totally different feel to it. And I gave him the cap back and I had smudge all over my shirt. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I had to give me a towel. to. So mm-hmm. tell us about that. What's that smudge that you get? We call it Sphinx Smut. Um, smut. <laughs> if I can find a good example of it. I'll have to kick someone out of their little habitat here, but uh, we ha- we call it uh, Sphinx Smut. Oh, yeah, look at that. Like, here's our little tunnel, and... Uh, oh, wow. So what <laughs> is it, actually? Is it is it, it, it felt like it was oily. It was kind of like... Oils. Oily. 
oily substance? Is that it's oils? Um, it's oils. It's it's dander. It's um, every every mammal is going to produce oil of some sort out of their. So that's why I said they're not. I mean, they still have hair. They still have an actual hair follicle, oh. and it does produce oil. And that is where the grooming of these cats come in. And that is also where if, you know, if your listeners are, are so interested in one um, and they're hesitant on getting one because of grooming, finding the right breeder and working with one is, is very important because I have a couple different bloodlines in my house and I can tell you which bloodline will require more, more bathing than not. I tell, I tell most of my families less is more. The less you bathe them, the better it is. So it's kind of like hair, right? If you exactly too much, it gets too oily and okay. That's exactly like it. That is exactly it. Um, My girls, I have people ask, how often do you bathe your cats? Never. I never, I hardly ever bathe them. Um, because can you use like those bathing cloths on them? You know, the wipes of bath wipes. <laughs> I, I know she's sweet. She's a nice little cat. Um, I, I can use, you can use those. You can use a baby wipe. You can use a wet washcloth. Uh, that's, that's the uh, best thing. Now I do have kitten families that once a week, they just want to put their cats in a bath. And that's what they want to do. And that's totally fine. And I tell it doesn't hurt them any less or more. If you want to bathe them every week, it doesn't hurt them any less or more. If you bathe them like me, like you do, like I do. And I just, it depends on how much it, it's a personal preference. I mean, how dirty do you want your fingers to be when you're done holding them? We're used to it. Yeah. So it is the breed. I know some breeds of cats like water more than others. mm -hmm. Are they a breed that actually likes water naturally? They always have their hands in water. Okay. They always have their little feet in water. They always are. They always have their foot in the dog bowl. Um, They're easy to my, all of my kittens. I start them even though, I don't intend for them to be bathed very much going on, but that's part of our just our kitten process is I bathe them. I get them used to being groomed. I clip their fingernails starting at just a week old. We start working with the little babies on having their feet handled. And um, the main thing about a sphinx maintenance, if, if any of your listeners ask, the main thing I tell my list or I tell my people is that um, ears and toenails ears and toenails um weekly is what i like to i was just when i was waiting for you to come on i was clipping toenails with everybody and it's just a matter of you find a time and you sit down and just and 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 that's just general i think cat good cat ownership um sure we're a no we're a no declaw cattery we're very strict about it we're no declaw just cats in general and a big part of that is keeping their clo- I mean, I teach people how to appropriately manage their and the length of their cat's claws and, and what's appropriate. And then um, and then cleaning their ears because a sphinx ears with no hair to appropriately yeah. keep the oil and dirt and 
things out of there, they need to be wiped out and cleaned out weekly. Now, where do most of your babies go? Do you have, do you have kitties all over the world or? Gosh, we have them in Florida. Um, Those two babies that I just showed you guys, uh, they're both going to Maryland to live with. They have a full sibling that's out there right now. And and there, and his mommy wanted two more, wanted one more, and then she didn't want to split them up. So she, she's going to take two of them. Um, Texas. Oh gosh. California, um, Arizona. Arizona. Yep. We've flown out to Arizona. Um, North Dakota. Dakota. Husband's listing off places where they've gone (laughs) everywhere. All over. Now, you mentioned their personalities. Are are they different than, you know, a a domestic short hair you would adopt out of a shelter? Or can you expect a different personality out of this breed? I think you should definitely expect a different personality from um, even just a breeder-raised cat. Then a cat you get out of a shelter, a cat you get out of a shelter, and it's not the shelter's fault. Um, a cat you get out of the shelter is usually weaned from its mom, if, if it even had its mom coming into the shelter. Um, it's weaned from its mom maybe six weeks, it, lucky at eight weeks, and it's spayed and neutered, and, and they have to do that. They have to do that to move them on and, and because they have more coming through the door, and they have to do what they have to do. And but that that's hard on a, on a kitten's development, and and a true cat lover and a true cat person knows that's hard on a cat's development. But a kitten that's been kept with um, their mom for sixteen weeks and and with a a family, you know, with a what they consider their 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 family for that sixteen week time, you should expect a difference. Um, they, you know, they're better socialized. I think they are happier to be around people. I tell people that when you get a sphinx, you have to you have to be ready to own a cat that wants to be loved by its person. Mm-hmm. So they're and a sphinx. Yes, a sphinx is not an aloof cat. It's not a cat that is just off in the distance. They play. Most of my kittens play fetch. Mm-hmm. They run on their cat wheels. We have cat wheels here. So most of my families get cat wheels. Um, they're smart. They know how to, we've changed almost all the doorknobs in our houses because when one learns how to open it, they all do. Um, they jump on top of countertop. I mean, they're just, they're, they're smart. They're smart. They're interactive. They go places. I see pictures of my kittens going everywhere. They travel well. Um, we take them everywhere with us. Uh, they're just, I think, I think you should just expect a, a better, not a, a better kitten from a breeder, but you, you should expect a better socialized kitten sure. from a breeder. Now, now, clearly there's, there's different breeders. I mean, there's, you know, what, what's the actual definition of a responsible, reputable, ethical breeder versus a non that? Well, the International Cat Association, which is TICA, they have a list of guidelines that can be found on their website that lists out what they set a standard for an ethical breeder. And an ethical breeder is one that keeps the kittens a minimum of 14 to 16 weeks, um, also alters any kittens going out that are not intended for um you know, breeding purposes and, and, um, 
you know, no, they, they want to see that, you know, kittens are, are going out with no declaw clauses. Um, you know, they just want to, and, and that they are, they have prop, appropriate age, appropriate vaccination schedule, microchip, um, all of the up-to-date registration. Um, I heart scan all of my adults, all of my breeding adults. I heart scan, I do a genetic and DNA testing. So, and that's not a requirement, but that's just, and none of them, they can't regulate a cattery, but if you, you want to find a breeder, you want to read those standards, and then you really want to try to find a breeder that is just, is, is really working to live by that. Yeah. No, that's good. Now we see pictures, you know, of, of nakeds always in sweaters. And mm -hmm. stuff. It, now is that because are they typically colder than cats that have fur? I think people just like to put them in sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think they're colder? They don't need it? They, it depends. It depends on how cold you keep your house. I, I don't like to be cold. So, I mean, behind us, I have a, I have a, a propane fireplace. And as soon as they hear that click, they're all in front of it. But so <laughs> is my dog. And so are all the rest of us. Um, and so, but if I put a sweater on them, they, they act like I've taken their legs away and they just fall over. Yeah. But I see some of my babies that are in sweaters all the time. And so I just think some of my, my, I think some of the, I think they're more fun to dress up. <laughs> we have, we have lots of sweaters. Do they like wearing them? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's just mine. Mine don't like wearing them. Yeah. Um, do I think that they're more cold? Not necessarily. When you feel them, they're always warm, but you, you always need to check a blanket before you sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you always don't get need smudge to... on your butt is that... <laughs> well so you don't sit on one oh <laughs> or i'll lift a blanket and i'll roll one out of it by accident yeah. um you know they're great snuggle buddies they're i can always tuck one in a sweater with me um you know i i don't know that they get any anymore but you know my devons they they're under the covers with us too so they just like to be close to their person yeah yeah now is their lifespan is the same as a normal cat are they different in any other way physiologically like that i think they are you know i think i think and hope that their their lifespan is as normal as as a cat as a, any other normal cat um and you know, we just, that's what we hope for just as breeders and just good, as good pet owners. We just hope that we, we hope we get to keep them as long as possible. Sure. sure. Now you hear, especially with dogs, you know, you hear stories about, you know, purebred dogs, particularly, particular breeds will have certain things wrong with them, you know, like certain breed of dogs will have more heart issues and things like that. And I know there aren't nearly as many purebred cats as there are purebred dogs, but do we see that in purebred cats where, where there are some genetic challenges with them? Yes. In the Sphinx, the main thing we scan for in the Sphinx is heart disease and, but that's also scanned for in the Maine Coon, the American Shorthair, the Devon Rex, the Bengals. And I asked their cardiologist that I work with, I, and I asked him about that. And he said, 
he said that he for, he also sees it in and he's and he's done this a long time and he had some studies that some clinical studies that he did even just on domestic cats that just the the typical regular cat and what he said was that he found it just as prevalent in the regular shelter cat as much as he found it in the breed cat the difference was that as breeders we were actively looking for stuff because we were actively trying to eliminate that from our program and always trying to breed a better, healthier animal. Um, and so, you know, I go back and forth on this because do purebred animals have more of those or are we just actually looking for it and noticing it yeah, more? That's a good point. That's a good and point. So I, and so I don't, and I don't really know the answer to that. And you know, my contract, my health guarantee contract, um, I guarantee against against that. And if that should happen, then, then I have a replacement clause. But at a certain point, at what point can I, 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 I not, I not play, you know, God in certain sense of nature will be what it will be. Yeah. So um, the best I can do is, is do the screening and, and the, and all the things I can do and, um, and take out if I see something that's an, an, a concern, I can take that out. But yeah, at what point can you take it out? Mm -hmm. Now, do they so. groom themselves like haired cats do? Nonstop. The oh, they do. So they like, and they groom each other. There'll be aloe grooming. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and I have some that will groom the other cats more, and and then they'll get away from, they'll all get away from that cat because they'll get tired of being groomed <laughs> and, and they'll, they'll, they'll be tired of having their, having their ears slicked up or something. And, um, but yeah, they, they groom themselves. Sometimes they groom themselves. Yeah. I got one back here, giving herself a full bath, but I mean, they groom themselves just the same. They, um, it's funny. You think they wouldn't, but I mean, they, they groom every inch of themselves. How cute. Well, they're absolutely adorable. <laughs> anything else fun. about the breed that's that's different or unique that you want to share with us oh my gosh they are they are fun i tell people that the best thing to do is if you you know if you if you want one to just to really reach out to a breeder and and and, and don't be don't be so quick it is it is a time it is a time investment and there are a lot of scams out there. And unfortunately, Sphinx are one of the number one breeds um, for um, people to scam with because it's, it's a high dollar cat. It's a high desired cat. And it, people will, and that is, I get a lot of people, a lot of my kitten families have come to me for kittens and, and they'll say, gosh, I just had somebody take some amount of money from me because I thought I was getting a kitten and then it wasn't, you know, I, I have a lot of people come to me wow. and, and, and to me as a breeder and even just as a person, I think, that, how did that, how, to, how did that not sound not right to you? Yeah. But, I, but it does. And, um, and so if it's, I tell people, if it sounds too good to be true, it really honestly is too good to be true with the Sphinx. There is a price point that is set on these and there's a reason that it's set on these. And if, if you find a kitten that has fallen below that, 
either it doesn't exist or you will end up making it up in vet bills. Yeah. So be very cautious. Yeah. Be very, very cautious. So, and give yourself about a, about a six month window of working with a breeder on finding a kitten. That's what I tell everybody. When they come to me, I say, give me about a six month window because you want to find a breeder that is not in high quantity. Right. Um, so if you give them, but I say, tell people, I'm like, if you can give me about a six month window and right now, what I'm running into is a lot of my previous families want to add a second one. So which is yeah. great, but I never, I, I have a hard time adding somebody new into the group because <laughs> they're all keep adding to their own collection. Yeah. I know when I was looking at the Bengal breeders, it, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, all their litters upcoming were sold out and spoken for and that kind of thing. Yep. You know, being the kind of person that, that has spent so much time in shelters as I have, I'm always used to, you know, you, you bond with a cat and in, in physically there on the spot, you know, or you're fostering a litter and, you know, and you bond with one. And, and the idea of, of adopting a cat, you know, sight unseen and long distance and that kind of, it, it's kind of scary. Very scary. It is very scary. And I tell people, you know, I, I don't allow people into my house because um, you know, we live in the country. I do have lots of other, I have, you know, I have babies, as you said, I've had babies in different stages. Um, and I just have it and it's a safety, it's always a safety concern for me and my family. I just don't allow people into my house and, but I will FaceTime with anybody and I, we do tons of pictures and tons of video updates. They're always welcome to call me. They're always welcome to get a reference on me. Um, you know, we do amount a fair amount of showing throughout the year. So they can always come and come and hold one of my, you know, I'm not the breeder that won't let somebody hold. Usually if, if somebody comes and actively to come and meet me and see me at a show, it's, it's nothing for me to go, Oh, well then here, hold this one. I've got to get the other one ready. And they're standing there going, I've never even touched one before. <laughs> they're holding this cat all of a sudden going, Oh my God. You know, and, <laughs> It's nothing for me just to hand one over right away and just go, here you go. Yeah. You, know, you got one now. So and now what show will you be at next? I don't, I don't know which one I know for sure. We have, uh, we'll be at the February. There's one actually here in Wichita. And um, so we'll be at the one in February here in Wichita with brand new babies. I always kind of have to be careful showing my girls. In, so they don't bring something back respiratory wise. Yeah. And winter's a little hard coming on winter. It's a little bit harder for me to get away. So that's for sure. The next one will be at those, the one in February here in Wichita, Kansas. That's great. Now are litters typically spoken for before they're even born? Oh, it depends on which mom. I, you know, they come from the, the one with the two little babies that you just saw. Her litters are always spoken for before. She's just, she is, she's one of my top, my top, uh, in request girls because her babies are and, and she'll and she only has two or three at a time and she's she'll have one I know how it goes she'll have one more litter and then we're done um it just kind of depends on on what people are looking for um but it's, it's about 50 50 on you know they're spoken for or not so I always say reach out because you never know what I've got yeah and how old is she how old will will you allow even uh, she is four okay. and I only try to let them have four litters. Um, and so the next litter will be her fourth. 
and final. And, um, and so that's, and then, and then will you have her spayed and yep. keep her or will you retire her and adopt her out? She's a forever cat for me. And, um, she's one of my forever girls. So she stays forever. You want to go get the big boy or you want to go get Van? Go get Van. Yeah. Get Van. Um, she stays, she stays forever. Um, the other girls, uh, it, it, you know, we can only keep so many <laughs> before my house gets overwhelmed. Um, my stepdaughter has a, a Devon Rex altar that she came as an altar and she stays obviously forever. And, but, and some of these girls might stay, but most of them I do, I, I pet home them out and, and then they, I, I alter them and then they go to somebody at that point has left, has loved them, met them and loved them and, and yeah. wants one. Yeah. So, oh. He's going to bring our, this is one of our boys from the Ukraine. Oh, no, come here. <laughs> oh, look at him. He's a little special. He's got a little folded ear. So one of his litter mates got him when he was little, but hey, come here. Come here big like, boy. He's checking up. Napping, right? <laughs> I know. He was napping. He's all hot. Oh, look how cute. Now, would he, you, if he had hair, would he be black and white? Black and white. Uh huh. You can see the size difference, Justin. I mean, just bulk wise, he's just so yeah. stinking big. Yeah, I mean, half the size of a big guy. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's <laughs> probably probably ten to, I mean, probably 12, 13 pounds now. He's just so wow. big. Wow. So the big guy. So he's our new stud that will be up and coming. And how so. old is he? Oh, not quite. A, no, he did turn a year. He's a year. He's a little over a year old. Okay. He's still baby. He is still baby. Ow. He doesn't quite. Yeah, I know. Ow. He doesn't quite. He's checking out the girls, though. He's kind of, he's just finally starting. He's like a teenager. He's starting to just get interested in the yeah. girls. Oh, yeah. He's at that age. That's And then yeah. I assume, obviously, you have to keep them separated because you need to control who's breeding with whom, right? And so, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's we have a sweet. Hard. Yeah, we have a suite down in, we actually built a suite for our studs and um, I have, I we have two, then we have the one that's retiring and then, and then he'll get to take, but we have our suite split and it's complete, it's stud proof, completely waterproof and it has to be. <laughs> yeah. As you can imagine, stud boys are, oh yeah, they are a challenge. <laughs> now, do you put lotion on them or anything like that? Oh, I tell, I get that question a lot and, um. I mean, he's so, he's so just pink, pink, pink. Oh, look at him. He likes his back stretch. Um, I get that question a lot. Do you put lotion on him? I tell people, no, do not put lotion on them because anything they can lick off, yeah. they're going mean, to make themselves sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so they're weird. so, it's funny. I know the ones that I felt their skin is thinner than, than you would think. And it, and it's, yes. but it's not nearly as dry as ours. It's like, it's like oily skin. It's like your it is. When it gets oily. It's like, it's like it's like a well facial skin. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people it feels like a soft peach. Yeah, yeah. And and because cats' body temperatures run, you know, 102, 103, they're warmer than us. It's very warm. You're always, I'm always amazed at how much warmer they feel than a haired cat. Yeah. You know, and, and a sphinx will eat a little. I, I tell people, I'm like, that is one of the other differences you'll notice is that a sphinx will eat more um, because they're maintaining that body temperature, either cooler or or warmer. Um, so my sphinx, I think they tend to eat a little bit more 
my, I'm looking at my stepdaughter's Devin Rex and she needs to eat a little less, uh, <laughs> but she takes advantage of the Sphinx eating more. <laughs> she sneaks in there and eats quite a bit, but, um, you know, they stay, the Sphinx states tend to stay fairly lean. Um, they should stay fairly lean. I've got a couple that in my group that, um, my, my family group that probably need to be leaner, but <laughs> <laughs> now are they, are they the kind of cats that you can train with harness and leash? Are they adventurous and like to go out on walks and strollers and trips yes. and car rides and stuff? Oh yes. Oh yes. And we take ours. It is nothing for us to, I mean, always have a cat with us. I feel like, I feel like when we go places, it seems like we always have a cat. My stepdaughter has a backpack and that's a little backpack kennel. And she's always seems to have a cat stuffed in there. That's Whether she asks if she can have it or not, she always seems to have one with us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. That helps. Again, all that exposure helps, helps their personalities. Yeah. And I, I think most of ours naturally have really good personalities. I've, I've bred for that. Um, our stud boy is He's the one you saw, but also the, our main one. I mean, he is sweet as candy and he loves everyone. He puts that personality on all of his babies. Um, all of our mommies are real sweet. If, if, you know, if I've got one that, that isn't, you know, the personality is not picking up on, we don't get to the, you know, we rarely do we get to four litters with our mommies. If, if they show any, if they show any inclination of either not, I mean, just not carrying on that personality like we like, or, you know, that's the personality is the big thing, or even like their, if their coat quality is, isn't keeping it. Cause I want to, I want to turn out a kitten that for a family that is not high maintenance. I want a kitten that is, you know, that is soft and doesn't have to be bathed all the time unless somebody wants to, it doesn't have to be bathed all the time. And that is social and, that is happy and healthy. And, and so it's, as a breeder, I'm just always, I'm always just keeping the best of the best yeah, and moving that along. So yeah. I had a behavior case once with a, uh, a Bengal that was a grand champion and, and was being bred, but his kittens were aggressive to other cats. And so she, she retired him and this woman adopted him and then this woman couldn't help herself and rescued another Bengal. And of course, World War Three broke out and she's telling me this history. And I'm like, hmm. so the cat was retired for having kittens that didn't like other cats. And yet you got another cat <laughs> and I'm supposed to fix that. OK, <laughs> right? now, I tell people they're not dogs. You can't you can't train them to their personalities are who they are. And when I pet home out my retired ones, you know, I have to, and I tell people, I'm like, you have to trust me. And that was one of the things of, of picking out a kitten sight unseen. And, and I don't allow anybody to pick their kittens until, and, and I don't even actually really allow them to pick kittens. Um, but I don't make any kittens available till they're at least six weeks old mm -hmm. until I've gotten a good look at their personality. And, and then I, and then I, I really, I want to know the family, you know, are you busy? Are you quiet? What's your, what's your that flow of your household? What are the other animals like? What are the other cats like? You know, cause I can't take a kitten who is kind of just an introvert and then 
and then throw it into a family that's like ours, that's just going, blowing and going all the time. It's just not going to work yeah. and you can't make it work. It's that's just cats just don't work like that. I tell people, I'm like, well, they're like, why? And I'm like, well, cats, that's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What else can you explain it? Well, cats. Yeah. And unless you want to just always live a life of separating them, you, it, you can't. Right. And that's, and that's your option. You can separate them or you can have, have somebody get hurt. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. That's good to hear that you wait until you see the personality of the cat and you max match it with the lifestyle mm -hmm. of the adopter. That's, that's great. So many people pre-sell the litters, you know, they just have people waiting for males or females and, and or particular colors and they, they don't take the time to do that. So that's, that's great to hear you do that. I had a mentor tell me that you have to build the barn before you paint it. And because I kept telling her, I don't want another calico. I don't want it. And she's like, you've got to build the barn before you paint it. And if it's, if it's not the structure is not there, it doesn't matter what color it is. Right. I know you're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't want another calico. <laughs> I have a whole house of calicos. <laughs> I can't stand tortitude one more time. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. We, and it's a, that's a, I tell people, I'm like, that is a real thing. <laughs> it is a real thing. It absolutely is a real, thing. absolutely real thing. Yeah. But we, um, we have started doing, uh, we've started doing some things with a couple of our different moms that we had, we had, we did have some, some world war threes going on here. And so we had to take two of our young moms that, that had some great potential and bloodline too, some great uh, bloodline that I wasn't going to be able, that was, that would have ended with me. Um, and I didn't want to end it. Um, but I did have an opportunity to put two of my girls with friends that were close enough to me, bring them back for breeding. And then, you know, I've, I'm letting one, one of my friends actually raise a litter and I have a litter here still. And it's actually working out beautifully because the cat's happy. She's raising a beautiful litter of kittens. Um, you know, and now she's like, I think maybe I want to be mentored to be a breeder. And that's really, that's kind of a beautiful process because as a breeder, it shouldn't just stop here. I don't want it to just stop here. I don't want to be the only one here. When I started breeding, there was nobody. And that's why my husband and I were like, we need, we can do this. Like we, we shouldn't have to go so far to try to find somebody that will just talk to us and just talk to us like we're real people. And so, and you know, that's kind of always been the theory of our, of our program that, you know, I, I just, I'll just, just talk to me like I'm a real human. If you want a kitten, just, just call me. My number's on everything. Just call me, just message me. If I have something, I have it. If I don't, I'll tell you when it's going to be there. And, and either we're going to be a good fit or we're not. And, and I'm going to be real straightforward with you. Yeah. Um, but if I never grow, if I never help somebody else learn how to grow and do this, then I'm going to be it. And I don't yeah. want that. Well, I don't want to just be this, it. This sounds like a good book you have to write. Oh, someday. <laughs> yeah. The <Cat> Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the nakeds, raising naked children. Raising, yeah. <laughs> raising the nakeds. <laughs> That's too fun. Well, thank you for joining. Yes. Thank this, you. This has been Appreciate awesome. And thank you for sharing your, your beautiful cat family with us. They're wonderful. And of course, anybody that wants to find you, prairiecreekcats.com. 
Yes, yes, it's PR Creek, uh, PR Creek Cats.com. Okay. But they can find us on Facebook if they, and it's PR Creek Cats.com. It, on Facebook, it's that's all the same as and Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, website, TikTok. That's my dog. She's, she's, <laughs> so she's, she's, I don't want to be on the cat show. I know. Right? <laughs> my little weenie dog. That's, she's a nanny, everything. Um, but that's what, yeah, we have. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I had a website built for us, um, so it's it, we're pretty easy. To, right. We're pretty easy to find. Super. So and clearly, you, you care about your kitties, and uh, and we sure love them. Some good ones. So yeah. So if you're interested in nakeds, reach out to Emily and uh, give her a call. Clearly, she's there to to talk. So thanks for tuning in today, and until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 